our next guest, uh, a good friend of the Indy, one of our contributing editors, uh, uh, Ted Ham. Uh, uh, Ted has written extensively about uh, sort of the intersection of um, of uh, our criminal justice system and, and the uh, uh, machinations of uh, power politics in, in Brooklyn, especially at the Brooklyn DA's office. And we've had some more developments over there uh, over the last uh, uh, week or two. Uh, uh, Brooklyn DA Eric Gonzalez recently announced uh, that he was throwing out or vacating 378 past convictions that were tainted uh, by uh, police corruption, various police officers who had uh, engaged in uh, serious crimes and their uh, work no longer was considered valid. Uh, but at the same time, uh, a notorious uh, a murder conviction of Anthony Sims that many people have questioned uh, for the last uh, uh, 20 years or so uh, continues to be the, the DA's office continues to pursue that case. Anthony Sims recently won parole uh, and will be coming home to his family. Uh, he's still fighting for his exoneration. Brooklyn DA's office doesn't want to do it. So we're going to talk to Ted Ham more about uh, criminal justice and criminal injustice in uh, Brooklyn, Kings County. Uh, Ted, welcome to w- welcome to WBAI Radio. Thanks, John. Good to be with you. You bet. Welcome back. And, and so can you start by talking about uh, these uh, 378 uh, convictions that have been uh, vacated, uh, what that means and, and as well as accomplish? Right. Well, as you said, these are the result of uh, police officers who actually were found guilty or pled guilty uh, to a variety of crimes uh, and then other the result of their handiwork, in which they were the main um, police officers involved in, in, in uh, examined by the Brooklyn DA's Office Conviction Review Unit and tossed as a result. So they didn't toss every conviction tied to these 13 officers, but the convictions in which there was evidence beyond the word of these um, tainted officer convictions were tossed. So 378, um, mostly low-level drug-related. You know, it's it's certainly... Uh, And and, uh, a a lot of them involved uh, planted evidence? It it seems that way, yes. They they have these... um, overturning these convictions, but it seems like that's going to be the pattern. And that actually raises something that didn't get attention when there was a lot of coverage of this. Like, these may have been the product of quotas, right? This is something we haven't mm-hmm. heard much about since the Ray Kelly, Bloomberg era, NYPD, uh, when there was a lot of stories and allegations, reports that in the, in the case of one of these officers, uh, he was seen as not make his um, colleagues then helped him out uh, by giving him evidence to plant or uh, uh, accusing four suspects um, of, of selling drugs um, and so on. So this, the seamy under the practices, we think they're in the past. I don't know. Present. Um, all of the uh, 378 case team uh, for between 1999 and 20 to take note of. Right. And, and uh, there was one police officer who was responsible for 160 of these cases that are being. Uh, I think it's more. I think reversed. it's 130. His name is Jerry Bowens. And it's actually the same scandal. It was called the 2008 flaking scandal. That's that's a return for planting drugs on suspects. 
Uh, and he, while that scandal was being was playing out, he murdered his girlfriend, who's a particularly um, sinister character. And uh, that led to this um, a whole slew of his involved, uh, the, the cops involved in that very sordid Coney Island rape case uh, or alleged rape case that fell that got a lot of attention. But those two officers did plead guilty to misconduct, filing false paper, uh, and so on. So uh, done wrong, but it does require the. the, the threshold for this is that they were convicted or found guilty, as I said earlier. So, you know, there's probably a lot more of these cases out there for people, for cops who just have not yet or haven't been found uh, guilty of anything. And with that Coney Island case, you mentioned uh, the young woman who ended up in the back of the police van. Uh, she, she, is, she, had, she, I think, was 18 years old and, and had drugs planted on her, right? Um, that's not clear. Um, okay. That's not, that's not clear. I don't, I don't know. So she was found, uh, her, she told too many conflicting stories. Uh, and that's why they had to drop the, the main charges uh, in, that, in that case. Um, but they did, the, those, as I said, those officers did plead guilty. So that allowed them to examine, that caused them to examine some of their other cases um, in which they may have planted drugs on, on suspects. Right. Well, I, 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 I would still commend the, the young woman who, who came out and spoke about what had happened because in in that case it, it got two dirty cops off the police force and also led to other uh, um, uh, falsely convicted people uh, being uh, exonerated. Um, uh, speaking of exonerations, uh, of course, one case that uh, is is still uh, unresolved is one that you've been following closely for some time now, and that's uh, Anthony Sims. Can you tell us a little bit more about the, the history of, of the case with Anthony Sims and where it stands now? Sure. So Anthony Sims was convicted of a murder that took place in Bushwick in 1998. And uh, he went in, he and his friend, Julius Graves, went into a Chinese food restaurant. And according to Anthony Sims, from his trial forward, uh, Julius Graves stuck a shotgun under the um, slot in the uh, bulletproof window and shot the counterman, uh, a Chinese guy named Li Run Chen. Um, because, and, and the, as, as played out in uh, the recent hearing regarding the conviction of Anthony Sims for that crime, uh, that's under examination. But Anthony's, uh, I'm sorry, Julius Graves' uh, girlfriend at the time, uh, testified that Lee Run Chen, the counterman who was killed, had been making uh, unwanted sexual overtures to her uh, at the time. So he, he actually had uh, Anthony uh, that, gave, that gave Julius Graves a motive. So, the, but what happened is the, the Brooklyn DA's office got uh, and detectives. They got Julius Graves to say that uh, Anthony Sims was the gunman. So that's the, con- the conviction that's been under examination. And the, the summations took place this past Friday at the Brooklyn courthouse. And most observers, and there are many leading exoneration advocates in the courtroom, a packed courtroom, they were all impressed by Anthony Sims' attorney, Alan Mazel, who presented a point-by-point devastating 
uh, analysis, summation of why Julius Graves was the killer, how he has told multiple different stories about what happened. He was inside the Chinese restaurant. He was outside the Chinese restaurant uh, and so on. He, he could never keep his story straight. And whereas Anthony Sims has been telling the same story from day one, essentially. So that's uh, what the DA's office was then trying to refute. And the DA's office presented a somewhat curious argument, which is that some of the evidence that was withheld from his trial defense uh, involved witnesses who had um, seen Julius Graves uh, with a gun and um, or seen uh, heard Julius Graves admit to uh, killing the, the, the Chinese food uh, restaurant worker. And um, the DA's argument was then that even though Anthony Sims knew about this information, he, he decided not to move forward with that information for the 20 some years uh, until recently. So, <laughs> which is uh, oh, brother. strange credulity because if someone, if you're in prison and you know about exculpatory information, you certainly would want to advance that uh, rather than spend a day in prison. Yeah, it seems like it's the Brooklyn DA's office that's uh, uh, turning its eyes away from exculpatory uh, evidence in this case. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's one of these situations where they dig in their heels. They're, they decide that they've been challenged and they just won't um, give in. Uh, but I don't think at, at this point there's there's not there's no basis for this conviction. Uh, Anthony Sims, and as you mentioned, and I, and I wrote about, he, he got out. He um, was getting out on parole later in this fall. And uh, he has a stellar record inside prison. All these heavyweights going to bat for him. The founder of the Bard Prison Initiative, Max Kenner, uh, uh, founder of Real, Rehabilitation Through the Arts, Kevin Lukens, and so on. Uh, so, you know, he is um, a, 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 has a stellar track record and a stellar character and so on. And then that he was sent to prison based on the the word of someone who can't uh, make his mind up about what happened, you know, in a, a murder scene. Right? So <laughs> it's right. It's, right. It's, well, we'll, we'll, we'll have to leave it there, but uh, uh, Ted Ham uh, from the independent continuing to uh, cover the intersection of politics and criminal justice in Brooklyn, Kings County. Thank you so much for joining us again on WBAI radio. Okay. Thanks, John. See you. You Thursday. bet.